Good morning, and welcome to my sister's table, The Gathering Place. Lysandra Melton Dolberry here. I'm your host, coming to you from the very beautiful San Antonio, Texas. Today we have a different type of episode for you. Uh, We're going to listen in to a dialogue between myself and a sister clinician friend who believes that what she does is indeed tending to the souls of women, but even more than that, it is her call. So, the table is spread. There are pastries and fruit, coffee, and for those who simply want juice, we've got fresh green juice. So make yourself at home and prepare to hear from our guests. Join us as we enter this conversation in progress. That's that's my aspect. Do you think you tend to the souls of women? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure, because just because you're in the field you're in, don't I know women? You know. I know women who do it just because, you know, they do it. But I know we're also, we're called to, I think I've said this to you before. I think we've talked about it, but I know I've said it a thousand times too. I believe we're cultivated to be caretakers. Yes. So, because you tend to souls of women, How do you think you do that and why? Number one, I do what I do. The reason why I do what I do for sure, because I know this is, before I even moved to San Antonio, you know, God gave me a ministry to be able to minister to his. That's before I even moved, before I even know anything about me, even in the business. Can you hear me? No, you, your voice dropped for some reason. I don't know what's going or on. Maybe because you said back, because. No, but I want you to. I want you. Go ahead. I want you to be comfortable. I want you to be comfortable. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I said because I know this is the ministry God gave me you know, to tend to this people. You know, way before I even moved to rooftop, you understand it. Um. And so, um. So I had my mission statement already written out in accordance to Jeremiah. You know, so Shut all it. that was already done, and I put it to the side, and then. I didn't even, I mean, I just put it to the side. And just, you know, but I know that God brought me out here specifically to do the work. I know that um, everybody that God brings into my office brings into my office. Um, 
So and 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 I and I do it because I want to be able to help people to understand the you know when we really get into it to really understand the uh, the depth and the magnitude of which the enemy is trying to throw us off track, right? Mm-hmm. And and be able to and, and be able to recognize those things from a mental health perspective, right? Right, and so, but that's that's why I do what I do, and but I'd like to be able to do it. But I do it with when I have clients who are Christian. That's when I'm able to do. When they're both. open to it, when they're right. How do you? So if that's the case, and that makes sense to me. I guess this is the first I realized though that you you started doing your practice here in San Antonio. I don't know why I thought you did it everywhere else before you got here, but you were in the military then, right? I was in the military when I moved here. But I mean before then. When did yeah, you? I, I, got, I got out of the military in 2007. And when? In 2007. Girl, hush. Yeah, and so as I was transitioning from the military, that's when I started working on my master's for counseling. God was transitioning me over. So I was still in North Carolina for from the first four years. Um, that's why I got most of my training, all of my training, really, um, in, in Fayetteville, North Carolina, for the first four years of my counseling. And what, then, what kind of training did you have to go through? Just, I'm just telling my foundational training. Okay. And um, really getting baptized by fire because the difference, I haven't had any other place that I've worked since where. Number one, I did my practical slash internship there, and then they brought me on to work. But um, that was the only place where I went where I had to really, really understand about all the diagnosis and, and staff my cases with doctors, medical director at the place that I worked. So that was my foundational training for for, for, my, for, my, for my career. So and, and and so I did that for three years and eight months. And they ended up with reduction of force in June of 2012. And so I left there. And then I went and did some contract work up in Virginia. And came back. And you went and did some contract work. Work in Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach. Okay. Yeah. For the summer of 2012. Wow. Came back in the fall of. All of 2012, uh, back to North Carolina, doing a little rotation there. And then I came came out here to visit. Oh, you came out here to visit? That's how you got it. Right. That's how I got here. I came out here to visit for a couple of months. So I said, I'm going to come out here. I had a girlfriend out here. Okay. So I was in between jobs. So I said, I'm going to come out here to just visit. So I packed up. Because I sold my house. I already knew God had already told me. <laughs> the whole point is, I already knew because before I even left in June, and it rented out in a week's time. Wow. Right. And so that's when I left. We went to Virginia Beach to work for the worked there for the whole summer maybe. And then came back to North Carolina. And I came out here. Said I'm gonna be, you know, I'm gonna work for a couple of months. Then I was supposed to move to Virginia. You thought. <laughs> that's what I <laughs> so I was engaged. I was actually engaged to be married at this time. Okay. You know, so um and so that's what I thought. I was gonna come here and, and pray and reset, figure some things out. Um, 
And that was like a, by that time, I, my mom was, had passed, it had been a year since she okay. All that happened at my mom's transition. Okay. Uh, and so I, and so when I got here though, I said, instead of me working on what I need to work on to transition to Virginia, I transferred my license, got that ticket, transferred my license here. And I took my six month break though, almost six months to the date. That's when I started working for the center services. Wow. Got a job out there and worked there for two years and I put in my resume stuff and was on it. I would not be telling me I'm done. I'd be, I'd be, yes. I'd be having on what's next. But I, I, just I hear you. I hear you. I was done. listening to something that talks about, I forgot what it, the topic was, but it talked about how to hear God when he says, that's over. Okay, you're done there. Now I'm getting ready to transfer you to another place. You've done all you can do there. You got whatever you needed there. Now next. And and and, and that you know, and that's what you have to know in your heart. You know how the Bible says, you know, peace and God's us. You know So I I that's how I live. <laughs> because if I'm in a if I'm in a place and I'm like, oh, this thing no ran its course no longer. I'm, I'm, I like I'm checking the block. I don't want to be. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. The block. Yeah. So it's time, like it's time for you to go. Why? Yeah. And and you know, many times we don't. You probably have a better ability just because of what you do. You probably have a better ability to disengage, but as a. Um, just a woman, lay woman, uh, even as a, uh, especially as a Christian woman, but even as a preaching woman, <laughs> me, I'm talking about me now, and so many others, and so many others, we don't know how to let, I mean, you know, I've had to learn. You're talking about OJT, I've had to learn. Um, we don't know how to, to let go. God uh, spoke to me one uh, Sunday in church doing worship, during worship. And the song talked about, uh, I see this woman's face, white woman who's a worshiper and I can't call her name right now. She talked about peeling your fingers away from the earthly. That thing spoke so deep to me and I'm like, oh, I get it. I got it. Because we we grab on and hold on for dear life even when what's in our hands is decaying flesh. Not just time to move on, then time to move on. And we're still trying to breathe life into decay. No, that was for then. But I think that that is, um, I think that that is, it's um, the term I'm going to use. Reinforce. I'm going to use that one because I can't think of the one I'm going to use. I think that's reinforced by the Christian religion the portion of our Christianity that is religion that says 
if you leave, it's a sign of weakness. You're not in the place God sent you, but that's thinking because that's we've been instilled. It's been instilled in us to think that wherever God sent you, you were meant to stay for a lifetime. And if you leave, you are some kind of a um, traitor. You're not saved anymore for sure. <laughs> yeah, and if you leave me, you left. If you leave us, you left God. You know that whole. And so that thing is so embedded in us that we stay stuck in in toxic relationships, whether they are in institutions or in relationships. That's right. Um. Yeah. Uh, I had a under conversation. Under, I'm sorry, but undergirding all that is absolute fear. Dang. Absolute fear. Um, I was talking with somebody else this week. I, I don't know who it was, but we talked about how when we think about being institutionalized, we're only thinking about uh, people in prison. <laughs> You know, think about church for sure. We don't think about education systems. You know, uh, we don't think about how we encourage our kids to go to school, get good grades, graduate, get a job working for somebody else. Versus yourself. We are so institutionalized that you have to depend on everything outside of you. The norms, the institutions outside of you to validate you. Yep. Ooh, that's good right there. So, that's good right there. Okay, so you, you knew. I can't tell you how liberating it is for me to talk to somebody else. Okay. So, because because my girlfriend, I, I, I told you about my girlfriend, Valerie, right? Who, she, she's a professor of Hebrew and theology and something else at the seminary in Ohio. And so, we were uh, the three amigos, she and I and Louisa. Uh, I was on the West Coast, Louisa on the East Coast, and she was here in Austin. And so she was part of my um, grounding and uh, she was part of my Eagles gathering. Matter of fact, the um, one of the sermons she preached here at Claudette's uh, um, conference on the drop of a dime the speaker wasn't able to come in the speaker had to go back she was midway had to go back and Claudette came to us and said um, there's been a change of plans the, who, does anybody have a word who has a word oh my God. and so all of these clergy women 
uh, are gathered together in this room. Such a powerful time, I remember. And uh, she told us, go back to your room, uh, spend some time with God, and then come back at the appointed time. I mean, the time of the service supposed to start. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and tell me, who is it? Because God says, somebody here got work. I'm like, please. <laughs> I mean, because I was still, I was still great, still new. And I am so unorthodox in that group of women, but they still love me. Okay. And so uh, Valerie came back. She told me first, because we were either rooming together or close to each other. And uh, God gave her this topic. When eagles gather. That thing has stuck with me since then. Because the things that she uh, shared about eagles. So now I am still look. I am looking. I'm in a place. Been in a place for a long time where I'm looking for uh, the eagles that I should be gathering with. But not only that, the pride. Because the other thing he gave me later on. Uh, a few years ago was uh, the fact that I need a pride uh, as in a lion's pride. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you're talking about like yeah, the pride of the, the, like the lions up there all together in that particular area. That's what you're talking about, right? I'm talking about, yeah, I'm talking about how lions, lions are usually uh, solitary creatures, but when they come together, when they're in an area where they you know, a group lions travel in prides, groups, tribes. Uh, but I once saw how this lone lion came into cross the paths of a pride of lions, and how the person that was over the person, the lion that was over that group, circled with that lone lion. You know, they're checking each other out to see if she should be a part of this pride. Or if for her to see if they can handle who she is, and so then she, when when they got that figured out, it was I guess a matter of minutes or whatever. She had been undernourished and wounded and all that stuff traveling by herself, and that whole pride just kind of covered her, surrounded her, and began to take care of her. So I've been looking for my pride for years. People come. But they're not in a position to even understand who I am, let alone, let alone cover you. they don't recognize me. And they don't know, they're not in that place themselves. Think this pride is here? No, I don't think it's here. Uh, now, I, because I've looked and looked, I think though that there are there are individuals i was thinking a while ago when you were talking and telling me about how you got here i'm like god you did that for me <laughs> i mean for some other people too yeah. but for me you, you took her through all of that for me because when i got ready to look for somebody um my one of my young women gave me the name of a woman over on Broadway. I called her office, 
I look, you know, I do my due diligence. I'm gonna check you out and all that stuff. Um, and it had to be a black woman. It just had to be a black woman, and I, that bothers anybody. Oh well, they have to get over it. Um, and she was a black woman. She never called me back though. Don't call you back. No, left a message, never call me back. I'm like, that's good. I ain't offended. Because it just means you ain't the one. It means you're not the one. And that's okay because I really do ask, please send me where I need to go. And if I go somewhere I shouldn't be, please pluck me out of there quick, fast, and in a hurry. Anywhere. Not just in my therapy. Yes. Not just in, I mean, anywhere I go. And so I, I, I saw your office and I said, what? Nah, she around the corner? Nah, Sandra, that's you. That's all you. That's all you. Then I said, let me be still for a minute. But that's it, I call. You call back. You call back. Yeah, nobody else called. <laughs> well, I didn't know that. <laughs> Listen, I didn't know that. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, she called me herself. Oh, okay, I can hear because I need there are things I need when I talk to people. Period. I, it's not just women. Not just, I mean, I don't know if it makes sense, but I need to hear your voice. I need to hear the voice because I can discern. I need to see eyes eventually and see. You know, I need that. Eventually. And so, you know, the rest is history. You stuck um, with me. So, um, you stuck with me. <laughs> so, okay, let me ask you another couple of questions before our time is up. I asked you why you did that. You already told me. Do you think you do what you do differently when it comes to tending souls of women? Do you think you do it differently um, with your sisters? your close friends, your fill-in-the-blank than with those who come to you as clients or in ministry? I don't. I don't think I do it differently at all. Really? Um, I don't. I really don't. Because, and you know just how we talk. Right. Whenever we talk, it's like we just have the dialogue. Right. Absolutely. Right. And and just like in it, in, in, in some of the, you know, people clients that I just have a dialogue. But in the course of that, there are some places that are, you know, based on what's going on in the room that I can kind of get to to be able to help them. Right. And it's the same thing, you know, and I don't deal with a whole lot of people. Wait, say so it again. I don't deal with a whole lot of people in my personal life. Okay. But I do have my, 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 my. Of course, that I'm under, you know, that keeps me in. 
So I don't deal with them any differently. And this is my practice person. So when it comes to the spirit, you deal with them differently. But you know what I'm saying. But yeah, I do. When it comes to actually ministering to the soul or whatever the case is, it's no different. Yeah, I, I do know what you mean because I was thinking. Um, you, you, with your sisters and with your pride and with your tribe, you are probably able to be more hands on. Right, I can take the mask off a little bit. Yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Lisa Nichols says yes, yes. You know, are <laughs> uh, able to be able to take that off and that and your your jacket off. You know, your professional jacket off, but also able to be more hands on. I know that we had the opportunity uh, one time to uh, to break bread together. Yes, I enjoyed that thoroughly. I did too. <laughs> I, I so. I don't do that with anybody. I don't do that with my period. I know. Uh, oh, I, 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 I don't. But I'm sorry. Can't wait till we get this pandemic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and so, I'm like. You know, I, I feel like uh, I don't believe in luck, so I can't say that. I feel like the most blessed. I mean, I've, been, I've had some ups and downs in this life, but I've also had some high places that I'm aware that a lot of women don't have, uh, are not privy to, but only because they don't seek anything more than what they have. They're in a safe place. Right. And I have to come out of safe places to, uh, I have to go through stuff to get where I need. Uh, okay, this is my last question. Oh, you have blessed me today. Who tends to you? Uh, Who tends to you? You kind of answered that a little bit when you talk about your sister, your pride, your, but. But I have one, one specific one that tends to me. Matter of fact, the one that came with this when I got here. She is, we've been friends for 23 years. She's, she's since moved from here, though. Okay. Um, and I stayed. But so, but we've been friends for 23 years, met and married. And, and people don't understand our friendship because we, it's the only way I can explain it when people talk to me about it is how Jonathan and David is, but I sold her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so people don't understand that, so they take it out of context. Sure. They just think that's a, a gay. I've been there, been there, done that. I'm like, oh, I said, no, that's not it. But I mean, that's because they're right? not accustomed to seeing. They're accustomed to seeing men in those kind of relationships, and they don't think twice about it. But when it comes to women, go ahead. But but then they prejudge because. They, it's, it's not the norm in their estimation to see an older woman not married, no kids. Absolutely. Know? So all that. Absolutely. In in all of that. So and so they come with their own, you know, prejudices and biases, you know, their yeah. own perceptions. And, yeah. yeah of, of the friendship and to be honest with you, a lot of jealousy. Oh yeah. You no, know, we can just we we're gone. Uh, we're gonna be going on movie. We're gonna be going to buy next. Well, so we we go. Yeah, that's my and do. So God, yeah, uh, and we go and do it. So albeit God had blessing with the husband, been a couple times. He has blessed me with a partner this time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's what I missed 
from uh, Valerie and Louisa. Louisa is now deceased, but uh, Valerie has come back around uh, again, and we're in both in different a different space. But I want to tell you this, and then I, I'm I, two things. I want to let you go. One of them is that uh, one of them is that my girlfriend who was also a pastor at the time that i was a pastor that's the kind of relationship we both had we're both single now she tended <laughs> uh henrietta walk like a she walked like a football player and i used to tease and tell her girl because she wore a dress all most of the time because you, you know and i'm like girl you look like a linebacker you know <laughs> But and we we fought. I mean, we were both two single women. We we used to fight over the fact that I'm not watching that baseball game when we get ready to eat together and stuff like that. There was no um, and people assume that, but honestly, I've always been. I've been in a for a while. I've been in a place where I really don't care what other people think. Right. That's definitely that's because at that time she was my. Uh, person, my go-to person who would sit and listen to me and when I was at my sickest point with the sarcoidosis and in pain, I don't know where the girl got the morphine from, but she came and sat at the foot of my bed on the stool and gave me some morphine, liquid morphine. I don't know where she got it from. I don't care. So I do understand. I just want you to know I do yeah. understand that. So. And I appreciate because a lot of people really don't. And I'm, but I'm, and I've been in a space in my life like I really, I live my life on my terms. Yeah. And so like, you know, I said, look, my family knows. Yeah, you always like you tell me, I always go on school. I'm like, so I that <laughs> anybody here would be in the cat. So yeah. You know, so I could, I could do that. Why not? You know. So. I well, I only say it to you because because of COVID. Because of COVID. Yeah, right. I know why you and I need you to be around yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, I know why you said it, but they always even before. You be everywhere, I know. Yeah, but you you foot loose and fancy free. Why not? So okay, uh, I'm let you go. How much of this can I share? How much can I share? Share whatever you want to share. Okay, cause cause you have you have blessed me. You have said so much stuff that. I thought you cultivated it in, you know, to make me get it out of me as well. So I just wonder how much I could share. <laughs> I love you. I'm going to tell you. So like I said, I got pride of people around, but not in a Well, there you have it. The making of a minister. Not only someone who feels called to handle the souls of people, but for all practical purposes of this episode and this table, someone who genuinely tends to the souls of women. So tell me, after you've taken care of all of them, who takes care of you?